we just seen Ganondorf's return in the new trailer. The Gerudo Village, there are no males in there. Every 100 years, there's like a male born. There's a male born, and that by that birthright, they are to be king. I'm wondering though, like, because again, this has happened oh, so shit. long ago. Like, every 100 years, are they just like this, killing this kid? Are they killing the male? They have to be. But this is 100 years at Breath of the Wild. And as we know, all races don't age the same. Legend of Zelda, it deals with time a lot. Yeah, we don't know when the time line is. We see Zelda, she looked a little different. I mean, a lot of the same, but like she had shorter hair. I'm like, you know, why? Why did you have shorter hair? I'm like, has there been some type of like time skip or whatever? Right. How does Ganondorf become to be again? Yes, absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Hardcore Podcast. This is episode 25. We are a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. Ooh, yeah. This is this is a pretty big one. Yeah. It's a pretty big one. Crazy. I'm your host, Robert Melton. And I am your co-host, Christopher Norwood. And today we're going to be doing a lore video on The Legend of Zelda um, surrounding the Great Calamity and up until the Breath of the Wild. So yeah, Breath of the Wild, for the most part, we're going to try and mainly focus on Breath of the Wild. But to do that, you do have to kind of backtrack a little bit. So we are going to be referencing like the origin of everything, but mainly a focus of Breath of the Wild because the origin kind of centers around Skyward Sword. So again, we'll Mm -hmm. be referenced, but focus on Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and we do want to preface, um, this is from both of our research and what we kind of pieced together there are a lot of uh plot holes in all of the story from what we've seen so far mm-hmm. so um, with <clears throat> with there being like plot holes there's a lot of theories that people yeah. have to kind of fill in the gaps so we are doing our best to like come at this from like our research and our previous experience with playing right. the different zelda games yeah, and if you know anything about The Legend of Zelda, there are multiple timelines. There are past references, future references. There's mm-hmm. there's gods, there's deities, there's demons, there's humans, there's creatures. There's just so much involved. And this is basically what we've kind of pieced together, and this is the lore as we see it. That's right. That's right. So I guess without further ado, we'll get right into it. Let's go. So, I'm going to start with this. 10,000 years ago, Calamity Ganon appeared to ravage the world in an event known as the Great Calamity. So, the Great Calamity, we're going to get right into it. So, what is the Great Calamity? The Great Calamity, again, is an event that spans like 10,000 years, and it's separated into two parts. You have the first Great Calamity, and you have the second Great Calamity. The second Great Calamity being like where Breath of the Wild really takes place. So, again, the first Great Calamity being what happened 10,000 years ago. You have Ganondorf, having given up on his endless cycle of reincarnation, rose to conquer Hyrule Kingdom as the Calamity, a monstrous creature imbuing pure hatred and visible malice. 
Can you like imagine that? Just being just full of such pure hatred that your malice is like fucking visible. You can like, see it. I know. That's just like badass dude. Yeah. And in the games it's depicted as this just aura. It's dark it's, aura. It, it's like a red, purple tinted, just I don't even know, like a magic mm-hmm. kind of fire. Yeah, it's just like hatred. Yeah, I mean yeah, imagine what hatred is and put that into like a gas like form and that's kind of what it it is. So again, like Ganondorf has given up on the endless cycle of reincarnation. And he rises to conquer Hyrule Kingdom as the Calamity. Um, Opposing Ganon was an unnamed knight chosen by the Master Sword, a princess with sacred powers along with the Sheikah tribe, the Divine Beasts, and the Guardians. So, real quick, the... So, the Sheikah... The Sheikah tribe, um, they're a race of people who are advanced in technology and have direct ties to the goddess Hylia, which we'll get into a little later. But they created these divine beasts and the guardians, which are just like these machine-like constructs. Like the divine mm-hmm. beasts are just these giant machine-like constructs, and the guardians are like these like spider-walking constructs. Yeah, much smaller, but like still they're 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 pretty powerful. If you've played Breath of the Wild, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um. So again, opposing them was the. The knight chosen by the Master Sword, the princess with sacred powers, along with the Sheikah tribe, the Divine Beast, and the Guardians. In their victory, they were able to seal Ganon underneath the castle, but it was then prophesied that Ganon would break free of the seal, as he always had. So that leads us into the second great calamity, because again, the first great was 10,000 years ago. So the second great calamity being the event that serves as the main historical context of Breath of the Wild. 10,000 years after the first Great Calamity, it was told that the return of Calamity Calamity Ganon was imminent. This prompted the king to conduct archaeological surveys and unearth the forgotten Sheikah machines. So what I didn't write down in my notes here is those 10,000 years ago with sealing, with after sealing Ganon, the king grew fearful of like just like the Sheikah and just how technologically advanced they were with, like, the Divine Beasts and the Guardians. So he kind of, like, banished them. Mm-hmm. So when you play through Breath of the Wild, you meet the Sheikah tribe, and you notice they have a much more simple way of life. Well, that was because, again, 10,000 years ago, the king kind of banished, you know, all this, like, the, the constructs. So, again, we're 10,000 years in the future from then. Um, so the king has prompted to conduct these archaeological sur- uh, surveys to unearth these forgotten Sheikah machines to confront Calamity Ganon. The king asks of each race to come up with a champion to pilot the four divine beasts. So the four that were chosen were Mipha, the crown princess of the Zora, Daruk the Goron, Rivali the Rito, and Urbosa the Gerudo. So those were the chosen four champions to aid Princess Zelda and Link in defeating Ganon. So we're going to go a little more into those champions. Yeah. And the Divine Beast and like what they actually are and like what they may represent, what yeah. they look like, shit like that. So let's see. You want to start with Mipha? Yeah. So that was actually the way that I had broke it down. That was like the route I took. Okay. So I went to like the Zora's Domain, yeah. the Gerudo's, the Rito, and then Orbosa. Okay, cool. Perfect. I'm directly in that order. Nice. So Mipha, Princess of Zora, mm-hmm. 
and the pilot of Varuta, as you had just uh, said. So Varuta, before we get into Mipha, uh, resembles an elephant, mm-hmm. and its element is water. The trunk is opposable and can spew an infinite amount of water. Oh, infinite. And Ruta is named after the Rudo, the sage of water. Mm, very cool. Yeah, so these divine beasts, they're gigantic. Yes. Like It's basically unfathomable, unfathomable how big they are. Mm-hmm. But more on Mifa. Let's see. Uh, she has the gift of healing. And she is the friend and love interest of Link, the main character, the protagonist. Everybody knows who Link is if you're listening yeah. to this. I would definitely say it's maybe like one-sided. It's yeah, it's very one-sided. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to give the impression <laughs> that like Link also loves her, which I'm sure there's definitely some care there, but yeah, there's no information to whether like he felt the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Link is a emotionless piece of <laughs> shit. As <laughs> uh, a daughter of King Dorfin. Mipha met Link when he joined a group of Hylian diplomats visiting Zora's domain at the age of four. So he was very young. Very young. And again, he was like a, a very skilled swordsman. Yes. So even at the age of four, he could take on like Hyrule knights and like defeat them. Yeah. Like beat them. So literally born to do this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, sh- badass. So during uh, the time with Link, she would heal him a lot due to his recklessness. Mm-hmm. Um, when Princess Zelda came to Zora's domain, where she asked Mipha if she would be the champion of the divine beast, Varuta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mipha was overjoyed and feeling a sense of duty to stop Calamity Ganon, agreed to Zelda's request. So that's how she, um, after the trials to become the mm-hmm. champion, mm-hmm. Um, accepted it and became the champion for Varuta. Nice. And, you know, so, so Zoras, they age much slower. Yes. Than like, like Hylians. So like Mipha is literally able to watch Link just like grow up mm-hmm. and see how courageous he is. So this is kind of where like that soft spot kind of started like spending all this time with him, literally watching him grow up, healing his wounds, just seeing, again, just like how courageous and like how powerful and skilled he is. Kind of kind of hard not to catch some feelings, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so do we talk about the, you want to talk about the demise as I go through these? Sorry. Not demise, but their demise. Um. Well, I think you have more on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, again, we'll just run through it. I mean, it's yeah. not Well, before so, much. like, you know, she has kind of liked, liked Link for a while. Yes, it, this is like she, a, years of, yeah. you know, probably at least 15 years yeah. almost. And she eventually comes to a point where she's like, I'm in love, like, with this Hylian. I'm in love with Link. Yeah. So I just thought it was cool, and I wanted to note that she, like, crafts this Zora armor for Link. Mm-hmm. which traditionally, like, the princesses will craft this armor for, like, Zora that they want to marry. Yeah. So um, I want to say there is a tale, and, you know, she's probably, like, kind of ashamed of this because, like, the Zora are very proud, and I don't know if it's, like, her brothers or just people that she really looks up to. Like, some of them aren't the most fond of Link, 
mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So she kind of keeps this to herself. So, like, just for you to, like, still, like, craft this armor for Link, like, that's saying a lot. Yeah. Like, she really did, like, she was in love with Link. I just, I don't know, I just think that's really cool. No, it, it definitely is. So, <clears throat> yeah, you just went over that. And so when the calamity happens for the second time, mm-hmm. uh, at the start of it, you know, they're all kind of gathered. I believe, what were they at? A ceremony of sorts? The knighting of Link or something like that? Yeah, well, I know like Zelda had the asked them but... all to like, I think they were at some mountain, but they were asked yeah. to all come here. Oh, so that's, okay, sorry. That's what you're asking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. If you just want to uh, go over the other champions and then we can get into them. Okay, like, perfect. Like the fall of them. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Daruk, the Daruk. Goron champion. My boy. Daruk is the pilot of Varudania. He possesses an ability called Daruk's Protection, a, a red crystal polyhedric barrier that can deflect any attack or incoming damage to the user. Daruk met Link when he came across a Hylian being attacked by monsters, but before he could get to them, the monsters were defeated. Another monster went to attack Daruk, but the Hylian saved him. This Hylian being Link. Daruk declared Link his brother over their bond of food and trust. Because mm-hmm. Daruk, uh, Gorons, they love to eat. Love and to they eat. Like, eat like the same thing. And Link... Just so happens to love to cook. And it goes hand in hand. So there was like a beautiful like friendship there. Um, And real quick, I forgot to mention with Mifa, another aspect that went into like Zelda choosing her Mm -hmm. as one of the champions. Um, So she had a light scale trident made for her. And apparently um, she was in a league of her own. She was just so skilled in combat with this trident that, um, you know, Zelda seen that as well and was... You know, that, that was part of the reason why she chose her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very skilled yeah. fighter. Yes. Um, so when Princess Zelda came to Goron City to ask Daruk to become a champion, um, he immediately accepted. Um, when Zelda's seven... Oh, okay. When Zelda's seven. I uh, kind of skipped ahead there a little bit. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of information. Yeah. So it's all good. Okay. So that's... Essentially, all I have on Daruk, aside from you know what we're going into. Um, so yeah, you have uh, more about what he does. Right? I, I really I don't have too much on him. So again, he's the champion of the divine beast Varudania. Um, oh, another little fun fact about him: Did you see that he's like afraid of dogs? I did see that. Yeah. So yes, he's afraid of dogs due to an incident when he was young. I want to say he like stepped on the tail of a yeah. dog. And obviously the dog's going to be angry and that just kind of traumatized him mm-hmm. from there on. So even with that being said, Daruk is a very courageous and skilled fighter, especially when it comes to his weapon of choice, the boulder breaker. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this has been said shortly after meeting Link, he was very impressed by his strength as it was very close to that of his own. And due to their, the similarity and the fact that Daruk loved to eat just as much as Link loved to cook, Daruk looked at Link as a brother. Yeah. So uh, yes. Another fun fact about the dog thing. Um, when Zelda asked him to be a champion, he accepted. However, he did ask Zelda. He was like, is Calamity Ganon a dog? 
<laughs> well, I guess when you when you do see Calamity Ganon, it's like represented as this like boar like aura yeah. creature, which you know, I guess can be like, mm-hmm. oh, could it be a, a dog or I guess he was like, Hell no. Yeah. If it were to be a dog like no, creature. No, find another champion. <laughs> yeah. Um So Daruk's cool. And how would you uh how would you describe him? How would you describe Mifa? Like a aqua. Um, I mean, they're like water. Yeah, so a lot of them are like blue, um, but mm-hmm. Mifa and her brother, they're, Sinan, they have yeah. like, they're red. They're like kind of red. They have kind of like fins coming out of their arms yeah. and they're yeah. very fast in the water. Right, right. And not in a weird way because obviously she's like some. Looks like, like an alien. Like, yeah. yeah, alien-like creature. Like, you can tell she's still, like, beautiful. Yeah. You know? Again, not to be weird. Don't <laughs> take that too far. But, like, still, you can tell she's very feminine and very beautiful. Right, right. Um, whereas She's Daruk a princess. Is, yes, she's a princess. Whereas Daruk is a Goron. So if you played any of the, um, the Zelda games, they look very similar. But he is, like, huge. He's got, like, this white hair. He's yeah. huge. He's very friendly. Um, Think of like PC a, Master Race hair. Yeah, but he's like a fucking bro. Yeah. Like he's awesome. And their race kind of resembles like a just a, like a humanoid, humanoid rock. Yeah, like a humanoid, like just like boulder. Yeah. Um, but they look cool as hell. Yeah, I've always yeah. thought they looked really Who's that neat. dude from um, Fantastic Four? The Thing? The Thing, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if that was like in... Yeah, like, uh, that more of like uh, a belly gut. Yeah. they are just like a boulder with fucking giant arms and like smaller legs mm-hmm. much smaller legs yeah but i want to say he's noticeably <clears throat> much bigger oh absolutely like rest, yeah you know he is like easily yeah mm-hmm. he, he he can be pointed out from yeah. within a bunch of them and again his weapon is like this huge just like blunt forced um boulder breaker yeah yeah and you talked about like the ability he has right yeah which is like this like hexagonal shield that he's able to like just kind of summon around him. Mm-hmm. What was that called? Uh, Daruk's protection. Daruk's protection, whereas Mifa has like healing ability. Mm-hmm. Correct? Okay. Yep. So Ravali, the Rito champion. Oh, Ravali. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ravali is the pilot of Vomido. Um, actually, I didn't even go through. Uh, oh, Varudania. Varudania. So it's like a like a lizard, right? Like it's a, a gecko, salamander. A salamander. Yep. Okay. And it's cool because when you see this, I mean, again, they're they're huge. So when you play through this game, we have a vast world to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be very far away and still see yes. these like divine beasts like in the distance. Yeah. And it's cool because the Gorons they live on this mountain, and you see Varudania just like on the side, this mm-hmm. like fucking salamander. So again, um, Varuta, we have an elephant. Varudania, we have like a salamander. Yeah. And for uh, uh, Rivali, the Rito champion, you see uh, Vamado, and you can literally see that at pretty much any point any, in Breath of the Wild. Yes. Because it's so massive and it's flying. Yes. So whereas he's like this uh, bird-like creature, um, it's obvious that he's going to be the pilot and the champion for the Divine yeah. Beast Vamado. Um, but more about... Uh, Sorry, Varudania. Um, it resembles a salamander. Its element is fire, and it has four compartments near each of its legs that store guardian sentries. Oh, wow. So that's the really Sheikah neat. really did this one up. That's what I'm saying. Again, a tribe just 
Because these were created 10,000 years ago from 10, when this thousand. game takes place. Like, imagine our world now, 10,000 years of technological advancement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think of the advancement we've made in just 100 years. That's what I'm saying. In 30 years. I mean, we didn't have... A, yeah. We have computers in our pocket now. Yeah, that is very true. Um, and again, like, that just goes to show, like, why the king then was, like, fearful of this. Right. Like, they literally just sealed away this fucking, like you know, demon of a man. So he's just like, Hey, like we don't want any more trouble. Like you, you got to do away with these beasts. Cause y'all could take over at any point. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, once you have one of these divine beasts in your possession, mm-hmm. you can pretty much for yeah. the most part rule high rule. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, um, the name of, Rudania is an anagram of Darunia, the Sage of Fire. Oh, okay. Okay. And which again, was another, um, uh, what's the race? Darik's race. A Goron? Goron. Okay. Which is another Goron from previous games. So the Sage of Fire, he was a Goron? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So switch the letters around a little bit and there you have. Hey, there you go. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> Rivali. Ravalio. <laughs> He's the pilot of uh, uh, Vomito. Vomito resembles an eagle. Um, it re- represents the element of wind. You know, that kind of makes sense if you've played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, to protect itself, it uses a force shield maintained by four generators, one on each wing, one near its head, and one near its tail, with its pilot being Rito. It may be named after Medley, the Rito Sage of Earth. I, I don't think it's confirmed. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting with it having like an obvious element of like, you know, like air, mm-hmm. and wind, but interesting. Yeah. So Rivali had the ability to create an updraft that allows him to soar into the air, later named Rivali's Gale, after him. The royal family of Hyrule were searching for a warrior who was not only exceptionally skilled, but also had a sacred soul that could be recognized by a divine beast. As they all probably are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, having learned this, Ravali decided that he should be the one they choose, as it will provide an opportunity to prove himself to the world. Which is like a reoccurring theme with his character. Like, mm-hmm. Of course, he decides this because Ravali is very arrogant. Very. This yeah. is very arrogant. the most problematic character. <laughs> he Which, is like, just a dick understandably so because of the Rito he is like by far the most skilled yeah but again like that sums up his character mm-hmm. it's imagine just, he's just so um, arrogant and like pretentious imagine uh, the sand snake from Game of Thrones yes yes and um, like look wise a much bigger more badass Falco from Star Wars literally that's yes. exactly what he is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but like, he's also just like, he's really cool looking. He is. Like, dude, they killed it with the champions. Mm-hmm. Like, I know these races are like, are established already throughout the games, but like, for lack of better descriptive words, they're just so cool looking. Yeah. And they definitely did a good job making them stand out within, you know, changing a few things. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Daruk does not look like every other Goron. Exactly. He's you know? massive. He has Cur- or like flowing locks. I mean, he's mm-hmm. beautiful. He's a beautiful man. He is. No, he really <laughs> is. He is a beautiful man. <laughs> Common theme with the champions. They're beautiful. <laughs> I mean, wait till this next one. 
<laughs> so did you or have any, you have more details on Rivali, right? Uh, I'll just read off what I have on Rivali. So Rivali of the Rito and champion of the divine beast divine beast Vameto. Although he is very arrogant, he is a talented flyer and archer and wields the great eagle bow with skill, always training and learning new techniques. Seeing Link as his greatest rival, it is difficult at first to accept the task of being a champion, but he ultimately agrees to, thanks to Zelda's genuine care for Hyrule and all its people. Yeah. Because I think he's kind of believed to, he believed Hylians just to be very just like selfish, and they only yes. care about themselves. <clears throat> so when he sees just how like authentic and genuine Zelda is and just her care for all of Hyrule, he accepts. Yeah. He ultimately accepts. Yeah. So like he is kind of on the fence for a while, but he's again arrogant. So it's like it has to be me. Yeah. You know. Very arrogant. He but, was, sorry. There's at one point in within the lore that he's like, I should be manning this whole brigade. Yes. He should be where Link is. Exactly. Because Link is like these are the four champions of the Divine Beast, but Link is also a champion. Yeah, but they're they're Essentially pawns to this, and Zelda and Link are the king and queen. Yeah, so you know? Zelda is, like, leading this, but Link is, like, her right-hand man. Because yeah. they have to Because without Link, seal this, this won't happen. Correct. Yes, you know? yes. He so, is the spirit of the hero. So, absolutely. So, R- Rivali thinks that, you know, I should be there. I should be leading this. But, but ultimately, again, because of Zelda... And just the character that he is, he's like, well, th- you know, I have to play a part in this somehow. So, like, if this is all I have, then of course, yes. I'd like to see a one v one between uh, Rivali and Link. Um, I wish they would have done it because <laughs> he wanted to challenge him. He yeah. like actually did challenge him, mm-hmm. but I don't think there was ever any official like one on one. Yeah. Um, which would have been really sick. Gosh, that would have been really cool. Even if that was like a memory that took, you know, you had to do this, this, and this to unlock that memory. That should that have, have been, been the really trial cool. that Rivali had to go through. Yeah. Okay, if you can defeat Link. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess he wouldn't <laughs> have been the champion. That's true. Um, uh, that's very true. So I will say Urbosa. Spoiler alert. Fourth champion. Yep. Um, I don't have anything on her. So that's this fine. will be all you. Okay. Um, let's see. Urbosa, the Gerudo champion. So yes, our fourth and... Well, again, Link is technically a champion, but when it comes to the Divine Beast, our fourth and final champion mm-hmm. is Urbosa. Right. So she is the pilot of Vanaboris, which oh, is the Camel Divine Beast. Mm-hmm. Its element is Thunder, and the humps are actually powerful lightning generators. Um, It uses this to protect itself. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like a force field, right? Yeah. Because again, I've 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 beat the game, but it's been a while. Yeah, I'll admit it's been a while. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. So at some point, Urbosa states that Naboris is named after Naburu, the sage of spirit. Mm, Naburu. I think that and it, it's cool because like we have a camel divine beast, and you find this divine beast in the desert. Yeah. Um, you have a salamander. We find this on like the like volcano slash mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we find the eagle, you know, right above like the Rito village in the sky, and then we have like the elephant, elephant, um, divine beast in the water. Yeah. Just kind of neat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
where you would expect. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, uh, Urbosa. Ruta champion and good friend of Zelda and actually very good friends with her mother before she passed. Ah, uh, okay. So there is a lot of lore on Urbosa, but Ooh, okay. I kind of, I didn't put a lot in here just because she is not yeah. that important of a character, but she does play a good part in yeah. leading Zelda to where yeah. she becomes same with uh revival well all the champions like if we wanted to we could yes. literally do an episode on every single champion yeah so you know we can't cover everything right you know so um she was also the chief of the gerudo a title that would later be passed on to her descendant riju she was capable of manipulating lightning she was <laughs> which is a power there. known spoiler <laughs> is she dead <laughs> <laughs> which is a power known as your boss's fury emissaries from hyrule kingdom came to visit urbosa and asked if she would be willing to pilot divine beast naboris the gerudo were not comfortable with this <clears throat> and told her that she that such a task is dangerous and feared losing their chief she does not accept. No, sorry. She does accept, obviously. She greatly hates the <laughs> fact that Ganon was once associated with the Gerudo, which I was talking to you about this earlier. Mm-hmm. So the Gerudo village, there are no males in there. Correct. For the most part. Yeah. And this is said to be because, although I, it's, I don't think it's a fact, but because Ganon, when he was Ganondorf, Mm-hmm that kind of left a bad taste in their mouth. And right, for right. thousands of years, they were just associated with males. Male Gerudos were associated with Ganondorf mm-hmm. and they kind of banned that well, from the I, village. I remember going back to like Ocarina of Time. So, you know, he's a male Gerudo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but every 100 years, do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, it's yes. there's like a male born. There's a male born and that by that birthright, they are to be king. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering though, like, because again, this has happened oh, so shit. long ago. Like every hundred years, are they just like this, killing this kid? Are they killing the male? They have to be. But this is a hundred years at Breath of the Wild. You know where I'm going with this? Oh, sequel. Oh shit. So yeah, that's oh. okay. I'm containing myself. That's a really good point though. There's uh some. Damn, we just got hit with some fucking theory. Yeah. <laughs> it just genuinely... There's a theory going through our head for Tears yes. of the Kingdom coming up. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That, All right, so Urbosa, was that about everything or... Uh, I think I got a little bit more. Okay. Let's see. They feared losing the chief. Uh, they hate the fact that um, Ganon was once associated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does seem to be all I have. So, yes, so those are the four champions that were chosen, you know, one of each race uh, and their respective uh, divine beast. So, again, they were choose they were chosen to aid Princess Zelda and Link in defeating Ganon. But to do so, they had to rely on the divine powers of the royal family's bloodline to seal Ganon away, that being Zelda. 
And with the death of the queen, like you had mentioned earlier, this immense duty fell on Princess Zelda, who hadn't been able to tap into her sealing abilities just yet. So, with that being said, with that being the case, she was ordered to travel with Link and focus on unlocking these powers. Um, Skipping a lot here, but unfortunately, having learned from his previous defeat, Ganon created four phantom embodiments of himself, each tasked with corrupting and taking control of the Divine Beasts and killing the four champions. Yes. So, do you happen to have each... um, like phantom, um, like blight that was created. I sure did. I know. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Right. So I know for like Varuta, Mifa's um, divine beast, we had water blight Ganon. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'll, I'll read you what I have here. Yeah. Take it from there. So their mission failed, right? The champions? Yes. Yes. Their mission failed when Ganon, now aware of the threat that the divine beast posed to him, Mm-hmm. sent mm-hmm. the four Blight Ganons to wrest control of each beast. Right. The Blight right. succeeded. The pilots of each divine beast were killed, and Ganon took control of the four beasts, but following Zelda's containment of Ganon at Hyrule Castle for nearly a hundred years, the divine beasts and all guardians under his control fell dormant. Right. And we're going to get more into that. Right. But, like, Ganon has been sealed underneath the castle for 10,000 years. He's had a lot of time to plot. Yeah. He knows what went wrong last time. So he's come up with like I'm gonna create these um like phantom embodiments of myself to go after these divine beasts because that's the key to winning. Like I need to get rid of the divine beasts. Yeah. And that's what he did. So <clears throat> here's how it kind of went down for each of the the um the champions. Champions, yeah. yeah. Well I was trying I was thinking guardian, but I was like, that's not it. <laughs> All right, so uh, where are we? Okay, after the ground begins to shake and the realization that Calamity Ganon has emerged, Mipha attempts to reach her divine beast. However, Mipha swam through the Lanayer wetlands and up to Zora River because for some reason they were far shit away from all the divine beasts. When they kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, they knew it was coming, but, you know, like, I guess you can't stay, like, but so close when you don't know when it's going to happen. Exactly. There's other shit. Like, Zelda being the key to this, like, we can't do anything until I unlock my abilities. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, she's got to travel around and try and, like, figure out, like, what's missing. Yeah. Which, uh, they definitely got blindsided. Yeah. But by the time she arrived to Varuta, it had already been taken by Water Black Ganon. Mm Mm-hmm. So again, Ganon, smart motherfucker. He made, he split a piece of him into four and made these four blights mm-hmm. to take control of each of these uh, divine beasts. And essentially the same happened for the other three because they were all together at this point. Right. And that's when Daruk kind of like takes charge and it's like, hey, mm-hmm. Link, Zelda, y'all need to get to the castle. The rest of us champions, go to your divine beast. Yeah. And that's when they all, like, heather, heather ways. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Varudania, overtaken by Fire Black Ganon. 
Um, Vomido taken over by Wind Blight Ganon. And Thunder Blight Ganon is the last one that takes over Naboris, Von Naboris. So, as you said, um, like Ganon had plotted this, and with succeeding in this feat, Ganon proceeded to take control of the army of guardians using his malice and turn the machines against Hyrule Kingdom. Link and Zelda are eventually ambushed and overwhelmed by guardians. And it was here where, faced with the impending death of a loved one, that Princess Zelda's powers were truly awakened, allowing her to shut down and purge the guardians of Ganon's influence. Although they were stopped, Link was greatly injured and thought dead. And while she lay there crying, the spirit of the Master Sword spoke to her, telling her that Link can still be saved by using the Shrine of Resurrection to heal in stasis via the Slumber of Resurrection. Yeah. After having Link rush to the Shrine and returning the Master Sword and entrusting it to the Great Deku Tree, promising the blade that Link would return in a final sacrifice, Zelda marched alone to Hyrule Castle and used her sealing power to seal both herself and Ganon inside. Nuts. Yeah. Absolutely, no, absolutely. nuts. So again, in this meantime, like, um, I didn't mention this, but Zelda is part of like this research team. She's mm-hmm. part of this like Sheikah research team and the, the Shrine of Resurrection was something that her team had discovered. Right. And they learned, like, hey, that this has this stasis power and the slumber restoration power to kind of, like, heal and also almost, like, stop time just while you're in this, like, castle, yeah. while you're in the shrine. Yeah, so, so that's why when you, you start the game as Link, 100 years have passed, but he's still, like, 17 years old. Yeah, because at the beginning of the second Calamity, mm-hmm. um, Zelda and Link are only 17. Yeah, it's actually her, I think when everything happened, it's it was on her, Zelda's 17th birthday. Yeah, her 17th birthday. Yeah. So. So, um, this is actually where, like, you start playing the game, like, actually playing the mm-hmm. game. So, everything leads up to this, and... This is kind of like what we just went through is kind of like a minor spoiler because when you start the game as Link, like you don't really remember anything. Like you don't know anything. Right. So you get to a point where you're having to piece together memories and it tells a story of what we pretty much just went through, like how it went down. So one thing I want to talk about, I started off by saying... That 10,000 years ago, Calamity Ganon appeared to ravage the world in an event known as the Great Calamity. So we answered what the Great Calamity is. So now let's talk about Calamity Ganon. Let's do it. And to do so... We got to go back to the roots. I want to go back. I want to go back. Because I could just talk about Calamity Ganon, but I want y'all to understand, if you don't already, like where this started. Mm -hmm. Like where did Ganon come from? Um, how is Ganon the bad guy in most of the Zelda games? Yeah. So I should maybe start this off with some context before you dive in. We're talking Ganon, but to do so, I'd like to go back. So in the beginning, the golden goddesses created the world, the laws, and its people. Let's talk about the golden goddesses real quick. Yeah. 
So the golden goddesses, there are three of them. Din, the goddess of power. Nehru, the goddess of wisdom. And Faror, the goddess of courage. They are the creators of the world, and more importantly, the Triforce and the laws, as you stated. Mm-hmm. Um, the three associated characteristics of power, wisdom, and courage is the Triforce. Mm-hmm. And that's something I didn't know until kind of recently. What? What's that? What exactly the Triforce, oh, the Triforce was. Yes, because the Triforce is a big part of like every Zelda game. Yeah. You know, huge, massive part. Very. So now that we know what the Golden Goddesses are, what the Triforce is. Mm-hmm. So after creating Hyrule, they left the Triforce in Hylia's care. Before departing from this world, do we want to talk about Hylia here? Sure. Okay. So Hylia, beginning as a divine entity, she was later reborn into a mortal form as Zelda, a true ancestor of the royal family of Hyrule, imbued with the essence of the goddess Nehru, the goddess of wisdom. And again, we're going to get more into that. Yeah. Uh, so what I have here is Hylia. Hylia is the goddess created by the deities, which are the golden goddesses, to watch over and protect the Triforce. So this isn't something, at least I don't think, it's official, but I like to think that she perfectly reflects the power, knowledge, and courage that the Triforce and these deities symbolize. Yeah. Because again, if you are like, if you're creating this um, goddess with like the sole purpose to watch over the Triforce, I would think that she perfectly reflects it. You know? Yeah. So the goddesses left this world. Mm hmm. And before they did that, they created the Triforce to kind of give the world balance, balance in a yeah. sense. I was thinking the same. Yep. So. And Sorry. That's that's what Hylia is there for, to protect the Triforce mm-hmm. and just give balance to the world. Absolutely. So again, after creating Hyrule, they left the Triforce in Hylia's care before departing from this world. One day, a crack opened up in the earth, and the demon king Demise and his army came forth from the fissure, hoping to make this world his own. Hylia, uniting with the races of Hyrule, put an end to Demise and his horde, sealing him away, but the battle left her mortally wounded. And knowing her death was near, she created a contingency plan. Hylia had the goddess sword created and made it so she would be reborn among the Hylian people, like you were speaking about. Mm -hmm. She entrusted her friend Impa with looking after her newly reincarnated self and set up trials and left messages for the one who would become her chosen hero. So her reincarnated self's chosen hero, who we know to be Zelda. Through these trials, the goddess sword could reach, sorry, through these trials, the goddess sword could reach its final form, becoming the master sword, but not reach full power until awoken by Hylia's reincarnation. When Demise's inevitable return came, the power of the Master Sword was too much for him, ending in Demise's defeat, but with his last breath, and this is really important, with his last breath, he vowed that his hatred and the curse of the demon tribe will be reborn in a cycle without end as it evolves, cursing those with the blood of the goddess and the spirit of the hero. Yeah. So Demise was full 
of so much hatred and malice that in his final breath, he cursed the world that this evil will be reincarnated in a cycle time and time again. Yeah. So this is what we know to be Ganon. Like he is that imbued mm-hmm. hatred. So the reason Ganon is a an enemy and essentially 99% of all the Zelda games mm-hmm. is because he is the inevitable bad guy. Right. He is he right. literally cursed this world. Yeah. For and his return. There's also, I think as long as there is like a pure hatred, even if it's not canon, I believe that is still like the reincarnation of malice. Yeah. Well, of demise. Um, so again, as convoluted as the timeline and Ganon is, this reincarnation of hatred is where Ganon starts. Uh, this is why the cycle of evil, whether it's Ganon or not, will continue over and over again, eventually leading to Calamity Ganon. Indeed. So, Calamity Ganon is known as a primal evil that has appeared throughout Hyrule's history, a cycle and reincarnation of pure hatred from Demise, the demon king who fell long ago. So that's why I started with 10,000 years ago, Calamity Ganon appeared to ravage the world in an event known as the Great Calamity because we have to understand the Great Calamity and who Calamity Ganon is before we really dig deeper into Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So, throughout the Zelda games, and this is a good segue, but throughout the Zelda games, we have like three constants. We have the blood of the goddess, the spirit of the hero, and this just um, all-consuming, like just hatred, this evil uh, entity. So we've answered the evil entity... So now let's get into the, the blood of the goddess, which is Zelda. Right. Again, Hylia's reincarnation mm-hmm. is Zelda. Mm-hmm. So technically, Hylia. Pretty much, yes, yeah. yes. So, I mean, I think there's some debate whether it's like all reincarnations of Hylia or reincarnations of the Zelda before but yeah. I mean, either way, I don't think there's like fact. It's just like theories at that point. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Zelda 16 to 17 during the great calamity and 117 at the mark at the beginning of breath of the wild. Mm-hmm. Can we just like talk about that for a second? So for the first 17 years, like her power wasn't fully awoken mm-hmm. and like right when it is, she takes care of Link, Shrine of Resurrection, and then just so bravely, so courageously, just marches. And all alone. Yeah, all by herself to Hyrule Castle. Again, if you've played um, Breath of the Wild, you you know just how like dark and just evil this is. Because this malice is just like circling this, this castle, this kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine just how like scary that shit would be. Yeah. And for... A hundred years, you were just like sealing and containing Ganon just to like this castle. Like that's, that's just powerful. That's crazy. Yeah, you live seventeen years. You know this jolly old lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. But then a hundred years, you're just stuck there. Yeah, waiting for the just return. Waiting. Of just waiting. Your night. Yeah, yeah. You're 
your hero, the spirit of the hero. Yeah. And real quick, uh, before we continue, this is another like theory of mine. And again, I don't think it's like fact, but we understand why Ganon and just like this evil is, um, is present, you know, throughout the games. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the curse of the demon tribe. Yeah. Um, and I guess we can also kind of see how, uh, like Zelda would be there, you know, time and time again. Yeah. But I just kind of question, like, how is it that the spirit of the hero is always Link? Yeah. You know? And again, I don't know if there's an answer, but I think my theory is, um, with the Triforce. So the power of the Triforce yeah. allows you to grant it grants wishes, correct? Mm-hmm. So when Hylia was defeated, she created this contingency plan. And she just made it so, like, hey, when I am to die, I want to be reincarnated as a Hylian of, you know, with the the blood of the goddess, with my blood. So I think that she made this wish that whenever this evil is present, there will be, you know, the blood of the goddess, and there will always be a spirit of the hero. Yeah. You know? And maybe, you know, that's why the... um like the the master sword is present because it chooses this hero in the time of need. Yeah, well, she made the master sword. Yes, yes. Essentially, she made the goddess sword. Right, but right. If so, essentially maybe, formed into the master sword with fee, and maybe spirit. that was like part of the wish. Like, hey, when there's this mm-hmm. present evil, this master sword will be also present, yeah. choosing its hero. So again, just a theory of mine. It yeah. would explain why there's always, you know the soul of the hero, why yeah. there's always link there to like kind of save the day. Exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. See each incarnation of the princess is chosen by destiny to be the keeper of the triforce of wisdom. Um, and each respective era, which is the main reason she plays such an integral part of, uh, in the legend of legend of Hyrule. Thus the series named the legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. She is the most prominent and important part of the story. Right, right. She was. The, she's the one that is sealing the darkness away mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. Along with, like, the sword and the hero. So, during the Great Calamity, Zelda is a leader of the champions of Hyrule, as we know. At the age of seven, Zelda began, tra- began training her sealing powers that she had passed down from her royal family, though she had to learn all on her own as her mother passed a while uh, about a year prior, I think. Um, after meeting the champions, Zelda leaves the castle to research ancient technology and feels the presence of Ganon and devotes herself to learning all she can about the ancient relics to stop him. Now, she didn't learn much. In fact, she didn't learn much at all. Mm-hmm. She didn't even learn her sealing powers until the last second. Right, right. Everybody died. She was the, the sole person there. Mm-hmm. And now at the end of the Great Calamity, the second Great Calamity, mm-hmm. she is all, she's just holding Ganon for a hundred years until the hero shows back up. Right. Um, but soon thereafter, Link is appointed as Zelda's knight. During her time with Link, Zelda wanders, wonders why he never speaks. Link's initial silence causes Zelda to believe that Link despised her 
due to her inability to use sailing powers, despite being the daughter of Hyrule's royal family. Over the course of their journey, both start to open up to each other and realize how similar they are in their hardships of fulfilling their respective tasks. Her growing care and relationship towards Link plays a crucial role in awakening her legendary abilities, as Link sacrifices himself to save Zelda's life and Zelda's power awaken when she tries to rescue the Winded Leak from a guardian. Mm-hmm. So Zelda hears a voice inside the Master Sword saying that Link can be saved and orders the Sheikah to transport Link to the Shrine of Resurrection. And this is, again, at the end mm-hmm. of the second Great Calamity. Well, it's the, like, part one. Right. Like, the end of, like, part one. Exactly, yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Because the Again, end the, of the, Breath of the Wild is like the end of the second Great Calamity. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Very uh, hard to decipher. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just wondering, do you have any theories as to, as to why it was here when her powers awoken? See, that's where I am kind of confused. Because this is essentially the only game where the Triforce isn't... In like the present. game, it's never present. Like obviously, yeah. you see it in the art, right. and you see it on right. the uniforms, and yes, like it, it it exists, but it's never actually said in the game. And we were talking about this before as to maybe why. Mm-hmm. So throughout the games, um, the Triforce is present within the secret, the the sacred realm, the sacred realm. And the sacred realm changes throughout time. So throughout these games, it's like it's it's changed. It's not like the exact same throughout all the games. Yeah. So if the Triforce, you know, resides in the sacred realm, the sacred realm changes throughout time. Maybe the Triforce also kind of changes. I suppose it would not happen. to where like change I mean, form, right? But like. <clears throat> Maybe how you obtain it or something. Something along those lines. Yeah. See, I'm thinking that maybe within herself, like um, like Zelda has shown great wisdom. She is a scholar. Um, maybe in just her position, she has shown great power. She, I maybe mean, power alone just, and just holding him for 100 years, Ganon. Yes. So maybe what was missing was the, the courage. courage. Which Courage. she initially, going into uh, Hyrule Castle alone, showed the courage. Well, it had to have been shown prior. Oh, right. You're right. Because that's what awoken. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So maybe just the courage with being... Um, well, because you know, this was the first so, time that like she has been like present to like some type of like attack. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because she she rescues Link essentially, because Link kind of falls right, right trying to rescue Zelda, so she has no choice. So that's when she holds her hand up, and you see the Triforce in her hand, right. which awakens her so power. Maybe in that action, like it awoken then and there. Yeah, maybe kind of thing. I feel like beforehand, she's just been safe. I mean, she has these champions. She has Link. Oh yeah. to defend oh, absolutely. her. Yeah, that's what. I'm, that's kind of what. I'm so yeah, I think you're right. That was the missing piece. Yeah, and again, like I don't know if this is already this is speculation been answered. This, I think this is definitely um, speculation. It's never said. Right. Right. 
So, but yeah, that, that theory definitely makes sense. Yeah. I think some, um, there's times throughout the games where like, and this may be where like the plot holes, um, kind of fall is like, they leave it, you know, open-ended for speculation. Mm -hmm. So like everyone kind of has their own take on like how this story, how all of them kind of come together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe this is one of those points where there is no, you know, 100% like fact answer. It's just like, you know, how, how are you taking it? And th- that that's how I took it. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the same. Yeah. That definitely no, makes I sense. I mean, like it makes sense to me at least. Yeah. Um, so did you have anything else on Zelda? Um, aside from that, uh, she transports him to the Shrine of Resurrection she goes to the Korok Forest, obviously, places the Master Sword in the pedestal. Mm-hmm. And then she spends the next 100 years in <laughs> keeping Calamity Ganon right. at bay. I'm wondering, though, like, how did she not age, you know? That's also you a know, good Because obviously she looks like a teenager. She's 17 years mm-hmm. old, so, like, she ages. She's a Hylian, so she ages, like... You know, what we have to compare it to is a human. Yeah. Um, so how did she not age? I don't know if it's maybe just using her powers of sealing, if that just is almost like the stasis that Link is Honestly, in, probably. You know? Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if there's any, like, factual evidence that supports that, but, like, Royal maybe. blood. Royal blood. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they got lazy and didn't want to make her age. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Ash Effect. Yeah, the Ash Effect. There's your Pokemon reference. Um, yep, there you go. The uh, plot armor. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so again, we've explained uh, Ganon, you know, how he's present. We have Zelda. So that leaves us to the hero, Link. Right. <clears throat> Link. Spirit of the hero. Shiat. Shiat. Link, the protagonist, often the holder of the Triforce of Courage and the spirit of the hero. When Link was only four years old, he traveled to Zora's domain with a group of Hylians on order from King Rome. Even though he was so young, he was already an exceptional swordsman. Mm-hmm. Mipha describes him as being curious and full of energy at this age, but also very reckless. When he was 12 or 13 years old, Link drew the Master Sword from its pedestal, mm. the location of which had long been a mystery. Now that, looking into this, I was not really sure what it meant. So... Are they saying it's a mystery? I really don't know. Again, with like my theory of like maybe when there's like such a dark presence soon to be like unsealed or awoken, maybe the sword makes itself present. Yeah. So Link found the sword before even knowing Zelda. He did. So. Oh, no, like I'm asking like he did. That's what I'm that's what I'm picking up from this. Oh. So I assume. Well, I don't know. I don't, there's no way. Because again, when he was four years old, like he was brought to like Zora's domain. And that's where he's like fighting 
Remember, he would fight like Hyrulean knights and beat them at the age of four. That is true. So, he, yeah, he would have to know. Yeah. So, at that, that Which point. I think there's definitely, you know, a slot of time that isn't like filled in. Of course. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Something to look into. But yeah, no, sure. we'll look into that for sure. Um, <clears throat> due to the slumber of restoration, Link is chronologically over 100 years old now in the Breath of the Wild, although the slumber appears to have helped him retain his age. Yeah. I'm guessing, like, again, like stasis. stasis. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. It is just weird. They just keep the characters young. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, so through stasis, he's able to stay 17. Yeah. Because, again... Um, actually, no, because the Sheikah slate was left there, correct, with him, because he gets the Sheikah. It, get, it gets left. Okay, I was gonna say because maybe Zelda had the Sheikah slate, because that allows you to use you like stasis, stasis and mm-hmm. things. So that would have explained how maybe she wasn't able to age. I mean, but still, like she may have again. She she has may have her own the blood of the goddess. She has like powers of her own. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. with Link. Having a Sheikah slate, it doesn't exactly say that that's the only one. Because most people in Hyrule know what the Sheikah slate is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And um, again, like we are already through this research and just like talking about this, we already are hit with some questions. Yeah. We have a sequel coming out in less than a month. Yeah. And as you probably know, with like a lot of like the Legend of Zelda games, as the more come out, there's a lot of questions being answered. So, But also, more questions. More questions, <laughs> yes. I mean, that is true. So, who knows? We may get that question answered. Yeah, right. With, like, the sword mm-hmm. it presenting itself. How did Zelda not age? You know, things like that. Yeah. So. And, I mean, the sword, it has a spirit within it. That I mean, yeah. Hylia put yeah. in there, yeah. which is Zelda. So, yeah. So maybe we need to do more research on fee. Yeah. The spirit within the sword. Well, let's, let's see. I got the fee pulled up right now. Let's see what uh fee says. What you saying fee? What you saying fee? Oh, such a cool like design. Mm-hmm. So what do we got? The goddess Hylia created the goddess sword and fee an intelligent humanoid spirit who resides in the sword and gave them the purpose of assisting Hylia's chosen hero, being Link, in fulfilling his destiny to defeating Demise, being Ganon. Um, the enshrined sword inside the statue of the goddess before raising it to the sky as part of the Skyloft, preceding the wing ceremony, Fee appears to Link in his dreams foretelling his destiny. After Link and Zelda are attacked by a black tornado, Link wakes up in his room where he hears Fee speaking to him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, this stuff may be a little confusing. Because, this, this is going into Skyward this Sword. This is the origin of so, the Legend of Zelda. So okay. this is very, yeah. very, very far back. I just didn't know if there was something we could find that yeah. shows. Um, so here we go. Breath of the Wild. Okay. Although Fee does not appear in person in Breath of the Wild, she is referred to several times and speaks to Zelda on one occasion, which is when... Um, She's told that that's when Link falls. Yes, and she's told like Link can be saved. Mm-hmm. He just needs to go to the Shrine of Resurrection. Yeah. Um, after defeating. Okay. 
So yeah, that's basically all we know as far as Breath of the Wild storyline. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so not a lot of details as yeah. far as So again, the questions sword. that may be, may be answered later on. Yeah, very much. Um, so let's see. Yeah, anything else on Link? I'll be honest. There's not a whole lot of lore around Link. <laughs> as okay. Zelda no. as a whole, like the Legend of Zelda as a whole, Link is basically... How can I say this? A vessel that you control. He never speaks. Yeah. He never shows yeah. emotion. You are Link, yeah. essentially. You are the Link to the Triforce. You as a player. Yeah. Imagine that. So, um, do you have any, what would be, and I can start with one, um, like, what, do you have any questions that you're hoping get answered? You know, other than the ones that we've kind of brought up, is there anything else? That you're like kind of questioning or like. So the one theory that we were kind of hinting on earlier, we just seen the new trailer. Now a hundred years, every 100 years, a Gerudo boy is right. born. Right. Well, we just seen Ganondorf's return in the new trailer. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do with it. And as we know, all races don't age the same. Magic can also enhance things, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, it deals with time a lot. So very, there could very be some many. like time jump or anything. We we obviously yeah, we, we don't s- know when the time yeah line we, is. We seen Zelda; she looked a little different. I mean, a lot of the same, but like she had shorter hair. I'm like, you know, why? Why did you have shorter hair? Yeah. Like, is has there been some type of like time skip or whatever? Right. Um, so I mean, Ocarina yeah. of Time alone is three timelines. Yeah. Um, so like you said, with a hundred years, um, uh, a Gerudo boy being born every 100 years, did, did they actually defeat Ganon in the end of the Breath of the Wild? We're right. getting a little ahead of ourselves, but, um, like, yeah, like but we have that's a question that I have. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. is, how does Ganondorf become to be again? Yes, absolutely. Cause absolutely. as we know, Ganon. So soon, so soon. Right. So you know. soon. And well, soon, I guess, because again, yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know how much time has we like, literally have no idea. Skipped here. Um, damn, I thought I did have a question. Um, it left me. And also, if you aren't a fan of The Legend of Zelda, every Link and every Zelda in each of the respective games are not the same person, technically. Some are, but all other variations are not the exact same entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is where it gets very convoluted. Very. Um, Different timelines, alternate timelines. I mean, yeah. there's just so many paths. Yeah. So uh, if you're a Zelda fan, you probably are well aware, you know, all about this. But if you're not, but you're still interested, like look into it. It's, it is super interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, you know, sometimes very hard. To comprehend, hence you know how convoluted it is. Yeah, but like it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, what do you think? And we can wrap it up. What do you? What else you got? Um, so <clears throat> I have something to end on. Okay. So that's why I ask. Yeah, I mean that's a good spot. So with that being said, if you couldn't tell, um, this is going to be like a two part, a two parter. 
because this was such a beautiful game, such an incredible game. And we have a sequel coming out less than a month. Yeah. So, like, I want to do this game justice. I don't think I can do that with just one episode. You know, I don't think we can do that with just one episode. Yeah. So, we have kind of set the blueprint, laid the groundwork. Um, Next episode, we'll be discussing, like, Breath of the Wild, like, the story. Yeah. So, we were just setting up the lore. We wanted to, um, I guess, kind of introduce you to Ganon. uh, Zelda, Link, maybe not introduced is the right word, but like explore who they yourself, are. Explore, re-familiarize yourself with these characters, the champions. Mm-hmm. All these characters play like a vital role in um, this game. Yeah. So, And not only that, but we are probably going to discuss like theories that people have and that we have about like what is exactly happening. Yeah. Because yeah. there is so much left unsaid right. within these games. And um, we had originally said we're not going to talk about it, the trailer. But right. um, <laughs> again, yeah, with the new game coming out, we did see the trailer and so many questions. So, like, we're going to rip apart these trailers. We're going to discuss Breath of the Wild as a whole, rip apart these trailers come up with theories, ideas, what we think this sequel could be about because that trailer was awesome. Yeah, and it I'm excited to do incredible. that because we can come back to the, the to this podcast and be like, oh, well, I'm a fucking idiot or holy shit, I can't believe I predicted that. Yes, you know, absolutely. So what I'm going to leave you with is a little bit of like the very start of the game. Okay. Like when you actually start playing. So a lot of this has been said. We know about Link Awakening from the Shrine of Resurrection or of Restoration. So Link awakens from a deep slumber, hearing a mysterious voice that guides him out of the Shrine of Resurrection and out into the vast kingdom of Hyrule. Shortly after he is met by an old man, we soon find out to be the spirit of the deceased king of Hyrule, King Roam. The king tells Link of the battle that took place 100 years ago. The battle we went in pretty deep detail with. The battle that took place 100 years ago against Calamity Ganon. And the kingdom's loss against this great rival, but leading to Ganon being sealed away within the Hyrule Castle. With his power growing, he tells Link that he must defeat him before Ganon breaks free and destroys the entire world. And with the next episode, part two, we will go into the rest. Indeed. Well, that was fun. That was a true joy to like kind of relive that game and like just research more, fill in some blanks, put in some question marks. Yeah, (laughs) lots of question marks. But um, that has been part one of the Breath of the Wild like lore deep dive. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Hardcore Podcast, episode 25, and we will see you next week with the rest, part two. Let's go. Later, dude. See you, man. And ladies. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Wait a sec. I forgot. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. We forgot to mention Majora. Ah! Skull Kid. <laughs> <laughs>
Triforce Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Triforce Cannon.